Hey everyone, welcome to this week's release of the 10-Minute Market Update on the Real Market Talks podcast. If you're enjoying this episode, or the show in general, it would be great to hear your feedback, especially if you want to leave a rating or review wherever you get your podcasts. If you're interested in being on the show, or know someone who might be, reach out to realmarkettalks at gmail.com. Thanks again for tuning in, now let's get into it. The bankruptcy of WeWork has led to the emergence of a new generation of co-working spaces, distinct from their predecessor in both form and function. These new spaces offer a variety of flexible options that deviate from the WeWork model. They include day passes in coffee shops, private clubs with a reliable Wi-Fi, and even gyms that double as workspaces. This trend caters to the growing number of remote workers who are in search of a third place between their traditional office and home. These workers often prefer not to commute to urban centers, seeking convenience and community closer to home. In residential and suburban areas, these co-working spaces are experiencing a surge in popularity. They are particularly appealing to individuals who have started their own businesses or are striving to maintain the work-life balance they established during the pandemic. Spaces like SheSpace, which specifically targets professional women, exemplify this trend. With high demand leading to full bookings and extensive wait lists, these spaces demonstrate a market shift toward more specialized, community-focused work environments. They offer a blend of professionalism and personal comfort, appealing to a wide range of workers who seek more than just a desk and an internet connection. The financial health of the co-working sector is robust, as evidenced by strong earnings reported by WeWork's competitors such as IWG and Industrious. These companies are tapping into the demand for flexible office spaces, appealing to freelancers, entrepreneurs, tech startup founders, and remote workers. Learning from WeWork's missteps, they are offering more affordable pricing, premium or personalized experiences, and catering to specific demographics. This strategic approach is proving successful as it aligns with the evolving expectations and needs of today's workforce, who values flexibility, community, and affordability in their workspaces. Adding to the diversity of co-working spaces are entities like independent coffee shops and high-end social clubs, which are reimagining their spaces to cater to the remote workforce. Manhattan's Bedford Studio, for instance, offers comfortable working environments for a modest fee while Soho House provides a more upscale co-working experience. These developments indicate a significant shift in workplace culture, where the boundaries between work, home, and social environments are increasingly blurred. The new era of co-working spaces is not just about providing a desk or an office, it's about creating a holistic environment that supports the diverse needs and lifestyles of the modern workforce, fostering a sense of community and belonging while also providing the flexibility that today's work patterns demand. China's property market, a crucial part of its economy, is currently in need of more government support to avoid further decline. This was highlighted by the most significant drop in existing home prices since 2014, 
and a historic fall in outstanding property loans, as noted by Harry Hu, Chief Economist at Macquarie. These trends indicate increasing challenges on both the demand and supply sides of the market. Despite efforts to boost demand, concerns remain regarding the credit risk associated with real estate developers. The Macquarie Report emphasizes the potential for a confidence crisis in the absence of a reliable lending source, as falling sales and rising default risks can exacerbate each other. Beijing has been working to reduce the dependency of real estate developers on debt and to control the surge in home prices, which has made housing unaffordable for many young Chinese households. Data from UBS suggests real estate and related sectors, previously accounting for about 25% of China's GDP, now represents around 22%. Since November of 2022, Chinese authorities have introduced measures to improve developers' access to financing and lower mortgage rates. Despite these efforts, there have been instances of financial distress, as seen in the default of a U.S. dollar bond by real estate giant Country Garden, according to Bloomberg News. On the consumer side, the situation is equally challenging. Approximately 20 million housing units across China have been sold but remain incomplete. The practice of selling apartments before completion has led to difficulties for developers in finishing these projects, prompting many home buyers to halt mortgage payments on properties they have purchased but not yet received. Recent data shows the property sector's troubles are intensifying, with the average price for existing homes in major cities leading declines. This is particularly concerning in larger cities where a sustained demand for homes is expected due to job availability. In response to these challenges, high-level policymakers in China have signaled increased support. The People's Bank of China, along with other financial regulators, recently announced measures to facilitate lending to normally operating real estate developers and to develop affordable housing. Citibank analysts noted that this should help prevent an undesirable contraction of credit extension towards the end of the year. They also emphasize the need for continued support in real estate financing and local government financing vehicle debt resolution to prevent risk escalation and to foster a more accommodating monetary environment. Following these announcements, shares of several major property companies saw a rise, with developer Sunak experiencing a 5.9% increase in Hong Kong trading. Renters in the United States are currently benefiting from an increase in concessions from landlords, with 30% of Zillow rental listings now offering at least one concession, such as free months of rent or parking. This is a notable increase compared to last year where only 24% of listings offered such incentives. The rise in concessions is primarily prominent in markets experiencing a boom in multifamily construction. Concessions are a part of a strategy used by landlords to attract new tenants without reducing rent. Zillow's report indicates a 3.2% year-over-year rent price growth in October, a figure closer to the normal annual growth range of 3-5%, contrasting sharply with the 16.9% peak observed in February of 2022. In 43 of the 50 largest U.S. metro areas, rental concessions are more common than they were a year ago. Cities like Salt Lake City, San Jose, and Washington, D.C. have over half of their Zillow listings offering at least one concession. On the other hand, markets such as New Orleans, Providence, Miami, and New York have the fewest concessions. The most significant increase in concessions since last year were observed in cities like Salt Lake City, Charlotte, 
Columbus, Dallas, and Atlanta, indicating a more renter-friendly environment. However, not all markets are experiencing this trend. In a few areas, such as Richmond, Louisville, Providence, Sacramento, Washington, D.C., and Hartford, the proportion of rental listings offering concessions has actually decreased compared to last year. This suggests a varying rental market landscape across different regions of the U.S. The increase in rental concessions is partly attributed to a nationwide climb in the rental vacancy rate, which has reached 6.6%, equivalent to the level at the onset of the pandemic in early 2020. This higher vacancy rate, providing more options for renters, is likely due to the surge in new multifamily units entering the market. Fannie Mae's mid-2023 multifamily construction update highlights that markets such as Washington, D.C., Dallas, and Austin have witnessed significant new developments, with tens of thousands of new units either completed or underway. This influx of new apartments has prompted landlords to offer more concessions to attract tenants, as evidenced by Zillow's data showing a corresponding rise in concessions in these and other rapidly developing markets like Phoenix and Atlanta. Mortgage rates in the United States currently sit around 8%, prompting economists, homeowners, and prospective borrowers to question when the market might ease. Capital Economics, a London-based research firm known for its housing market forecasts, predicts that mortgage rates will not fall significantly anytime soon. This forecast is based on the revised predictions for U.S. Treasury yields, indicating that mortgage rates will not decrease as quickly as previously anticipated. As a result, housing affordability in the U.S., already strained by high home prices and declining inventory levels, is likely to remain a challenge. By the end of 2023, Capital Economics projects the mortgage rate to be around 7.5%, dropping from 6.25% by the end of 2024. They don't expect rates to reach 6% until the end of 2025, higher than their earlier prediction of 5%. This adjustment in their forecast is tied to a rise in U.S. Treasury yields, which directly influences mortgage rates. The 30-year fixed mortgage rate is loosely benchmarked to the 10-year Treasury bond yield. With the spread between these rates currently wider than historical averages, mortgage rates have surged to their highest point since November of 2000. Capital economics does, however, anticipate that mortgage rates will decrease more rapidly than treasury yields, although at a slower pace. They predict that in 2024, the 10-year treasury yield will drop by 75 basis points to 3 and 3 quarters, compared with a 125 basis point fall in mortgage rates. They also expect the Federal Reserve to cut interest rates more aggressively next year due to a predicted slowdown in economic growth and improvements in core inflation. This would exert downward pressure on both treasury yields and mortgage rates. Despite these predictions, other real estate experts and financial institutions, including Goldman Sachs, foresee sustained higher mortgage rates in the coming years, not falling below 7% until the end of next year. Some housing market experts are even skeptical that mortgage rates will ever return to the pre-pandemic lows of 2-3%. This scenario suggests a prolonged period of a frozen housing market where people hold on to their low-rate mortgages, significantly impacting future market dynamics. That's all for this week. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll catch you on the next Real Market Talks podcast.